This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, October 13th, 2023. I'm Mark Bolasche. In the report this week, the widespread discrimination in platform services such as Uber, the need to care for nurses globally, the Labour Start report about union events and singing. This is Radio Labour. One of the issues not often discussed when it comes to the plight of platform workers such as Uber drivers is discrimination, especially discrimination against women workers. The Solidarity Centre in the United States has produced a podcast showing the extent of the problem. It's entitled Tech Discrimination, The New Way We Work. The host of the podcast is the Solidarity Centre's Executive Director, Shauna Baderblau. Platform app workers are making significantly less money than they earned six or seven years ago. But one group in particular has seen precipitous declines. Uber's own research suggests that women, on average, earn less than men by about 7%. So it's not that Uber considers gender in how they set these wages, but it is that the structure of the algorithms tends to recreate traditional forms of discrimination. Welcome to My Boss is a Robot, a podcast from the Solidarity Center. We're breaking down the nitty-gritty of platform work. We're taking on the many problems that exist in the gig economy and are also paying special attention to the many hardworking people who contract with these big ride-sharing and delivery apps like Uber, Didi, and Rappi. In this episode, we take a closer look at how these algorithms rip off their workers by replicating wage discrimination that sees women and other marginalized workers get less pay. First, we're going to take a moment to talk about the women who use these apps. The pressures of being a woman worker in the app-based economy are complex and nuanced. They often face sexual discrimination or worse. Take, for instance, Lawal Ayubami, female app driver in Lagos, Nigeria. As a woman on the job, some go as far as molesting you, like saying... He doesn't want me to work again. I should come and keep him company. I'm like, what kind of company do I want to keep you? I have to call the security of where I'm dropping the man. Please come and help me take the man out of my car because I have another ride waiting for me. And he refused to leave. Imagine if I was in an isolated area. <laughs> this man might actually want to go extra on me. Ayubami says she's propositioned 20% of the time. If I pick maybe 10 men in a day... Let's say two. We want to see if they can have you, their way with you. And I always tell them that if you're proposing that right now, you're telling me to be doing another thing instead of me trying to work legitimately for myself. So I'm not in for that. So I will respect you. I respect this time. Like, let us leave it professionally. Like, I took you to where you're going to right now. And it ends just there. Not only do the app companies mine data on customers, their algorithms use data to influence their drivers. 
Fina Duval is a professor of law at the University of California, San Francisco College of Law. She does research on precarious work and technology and coined the phrase algorithmic wage discrimination. And what this term describes is a wage setting process that firms engage in, in which people, individuals are allocated different hourly wages based on data that is both personal and impersonal. But what it essentially means is that individuals get variable digital hourly wages based on black box algorithms that firms build. So that means that if you and I are doing the same work at the same time in the same way with the same skill, we would still very likely get different hourly wages based on the data that the firms have about us and based on the fact that we're different people and it sort of throws out the idea of equal pay for equal work. The podcast about discrimination in the platform sector is one of six podcasts entitled My Boss is a Robot. To listen to the other podcasts in the series, visit www.solidaritycenter.org. Center is spelled C-E-N-T-E-R. There is a crisis in nursing all around the world with understaffing, a lack of respect for family life issues, and increasingly problems caused by the climate crisis. Recently, Global Nurses United held a conference in San Francisco to discuss what can be done. One of the nurses who attended the conference was Linda Silas. Ms. Silas is the president of the Canadian Federation of Nurses Unions. The CFNU has about 250,000 nurses in Canada. I asked her what Global Nurses United was and what it does. About 10 years ago, we started the GNU Global Nurses United to bring working nurses together toward uh, promoting public health or Medicare for all, to promote nurse patient ratios, to safe staffing, and work together on the climate crisis. Right now, we are represent nurses in 35 countries, which just over 3 million. You have said that there is a global crisis in nursing. What does this crisis consist of? We knew way before the pandemic that we were going to hit a nursing shortage. And then the pandemic hit, and I always call the pandemic, it was like a code 99. The patient's heart stopped, all the attention needs to be put towards that, and we did. And now the situation is worse than during the pandemic because we're in a shortage, but we're also in a shortage of two prongs. When the shortage, we don't have enough educated and trained nurses across the country and across the globe. But we also have a shortage of nurses willing to work full-time, even part-time hours because of the working condition. There were nurses from all around the world at the conference, Global Nurses United. What issues did they have in common? The understaffing is probably the number one. The shortage of nurses uh, is global, and some countries feel more of a despair. But the issue that we were all trying to manage well is the migration of nurses. As you know, many internationally educated uh, nurses come to uh, Canada. We welcome them. 
but it's important to welcome them both professionally and culturally. And those were issues we were discussing on how to welcome them uh, culturally. But also, our recruitment needs to be based ethically. So you can't go and recruit nurses in a country that will be deprived of nursing services. And there are certain target countries that even the Philippines, which we thought had a surplus of nurses, are now showing a shortage of nurses. The first policy is ethical recruitment. And we passed a statement at GNU on how nurses unions across the world are going to support ethical recruitment. So it's a give and take. If I go and recruit nurses in your country, I have to make sure the numbers are safe for you and for us, but also that I give back to your country. And that we're not seeing a lot of. We're seeing, for example, Canada going to the Philippines, India, and, and other countries, a lot of the countries in Africa, too, where we go and recruit their nurses, but leave them with nothing. Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top stories section was dominated by links to statements by unions around the world in response to the Israel-Hamas war. Other top stories this week include a study by the Public Services International, the Global Union Federation for Public Service Workers, that concludes that fully half of all healthcare workers around the world are on the verge of quitting their jobs. This is the direct result of the stresses the pandemic placed on already underfunded healthcare systems, exacerbated by the staffing crisis created by the large number of workers who have already moved to other jobs. A random sample from our news pages includes an article from Italy where, as a show of strength in the face of a far-right government, unions there brought 200,000 workers to the streets of Rome this week. From Germany, where Amazon warehouse workers struck on Prime Day, and from across the Middle East, where Western fast food chains are being accused of widespread worker abuse. On our Working Women news page, you'll find stories in Icelandic about the lead-up to the latest national strike by women workers in that country. If this one, scheduled for the 24th of October, is anywhere near as successful as those in the past, especially the 1975 walkout, we'll have lots to report on in the coming weeks. From the United Arab Emirates, we carried stories of the horrific treatment meted out to domestic workers there, and we are tracking the Bangladeshi tea garden workers' push for a 20% wage increase. Stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week include a one-day walkout by South African education workers as crime in schools there, including assaults on teachers and other school staff, spikes. The sad news that almost a dozen Israeli and Palestinian journalists have been killed on the job this week, and the renewed push by unions in Malawi to have that country ratify ILO Convention 190 on workplace harassment. Our current photo of the week is a shot of a creative nighttime picket line in the United States where the Auto Workers Union has adopted an even more creative and unprecedented incremental multi-employer strike strategy. Labor Start hosts online solidarity actions at the request of unions around the world. This week, we'd like to highlight urgent appeals for online solidarity with trade union activists in Iran and in Mexico. 
If you can spare just a few seconds, you can do your part in these struggles by sending a solidarity message. Look for details of these and other campaigns on our site. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here from the Labor CD Fallen Heroes is A Nurse's Lullaby. Close your eyes Time to sleep now You have someone To call to The pain is gone It will keep now For a patient And nurse to care for you The ward is still That's it. Labor news you can use. You can listen to our newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. Radio Labor is starting English as an additional language service for labor unionists. To learn more about the lessons, visit our site and click on the menu tab English Lessons. I'm Mark Bolaje. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.